go first because okay. I, I, I don't have a lot to add, but I've got a little bit. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> feels so weird today. I feel really Do you know what I feel today. like? I feel like we can't catch up. Yeah, anymore true. because yeah. I'm like then we'll just verbal diarrhea yeah. all over each other. Yeah, and then we'll have nothing to bitch about. <laughs> That's true. When we do the pod. Are we ruining our friendship. Yeah, <laughs> That's so funny. Um, I was thinking about PPHs. Yeah. Primary postpartum hemorrhage. Yeah. Because you have secondary, which is happens like after. PPHs happen normally imminently following. Yeah, within an hour, I think. It, don't is they? that the thing? Yeah. I think so yeah. And it's often like after the placenta comes out, which is the third stage. And so there's a lot of fuckery around PPHs. I reckon, I I argue yeah. that there's not many, I reckon it would be like in the single digit percentage yeah. of PPHs that are actually physiological. Yeah, yeah. Well, in the... um, I, I only know of one, two... Well, I don't know any home birth women who have transferred for a PPH. I know some that have lost a large amount, like a large mm-hmm. volume of blood. Yeah. But they've managed it at home. Yeah. Uh-huh. Without even using Pitocin. Yeah. 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 Most traditional yeah. midwives will carry Syntocin and they are able to administer it. Wait. But I don't even know anyone that's used that. They use, you know, legs up, rest, Go orange the juice. Go toilet and do a pee. Yeah. 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 Um, Gail Hart? Yeah. Yeah. I remember she once said, um, any midwife who carries Pitocin, Syntonicin to a home birth hasn't finished learning her craft yet. No. She basically said, if you need yeah. it, you don't know everything there is to know about birth yet. And there's, yeah. she just doesn't use it. And I also get to, like, if it's there, you're more likely to use it if you're a midwife. Exactly. You're more, oh, err on the side, side of caution. Yeah. When, um, you know, like, I've listened to, like, fucking thousands of hours, I swear to God, of, like, home birth midwifery stuff and, like, midwives plus mums and stuff. So, like, hearing those midwives talk about and obstetricians talk about how they handle blood loss is just complete stark opposite to how oh, possible. Yeah. Like, it's insane. Like, yeah. they don't fret, they don't... And they talk... Like, they don't go in searching for clots immediately. It's, like, kind of like, okay, you're having a bit of a gush. Like, jump up, go to the toilet. How do you feel? Yeah. Yep. Simple things, like, if you've got a bladder... If your bladder's full, sometimes your, your uterus can't contract down so that it's staying open so it's bleeding. In hospital, put a catheter in. Yeah. Why don't you just get her the fuck up and, and kiss? Within within like forty five minutes, they're asking you, "Have you weed yet? Have you weed yet? Have you weed yet?" They put you on the fucking clock to do a piss. Like fucking back off, lady. I, know. I will piss when I'm good and ready. Yeah, exactly. And then you, and then you start worrying. Oh my god, I'm not weeing. As if you're gonna wee when you're worried about not weeing. Yeah, I know. It's so crazy. It's. I remember. Um, like I. It's. There's like so much to it. So this is in the Queensland Clinical Health Guidelines, right? This so is, is this this is shit the hospitals follow. Yeah, this is the uni shit to follow. So with um, blood loss, right? PPHs. There's four etiologies. Lacking one, and let's just guess which one is we think. Well, not really. But so there's tones. So that's mean you, your uterus hasn't contracted down. That accounts for seventy percent of blood loss. Trauma. So that's like if you have forceps, big cuts, you know, shit like that. That so trauma to the tissues. And then tissue, so retained placentas and things, accounts for 10%. Trauma was 20%. Thrombin, so that's like coagulation problems, like something's seriously wrong that's under 1%. So most of it is tone. Um, and I'm just like, well, where is um, well, iodrogenic 70% of women's most of it is caused. Like, where, like, a lot of this shit is caused by what they do to you and the birth 
Well, 70% you know? of women's uteruses can't contract after birth because they didn't contract in the first place. Mm. They were artificially stimulated yeah. to contract. Mm-hmm. So therefore, the baby being born, the, the hormone signals aren't there. Yeah. So exactly. the uterus isn't contracting. A, a lot of women are separated from their birth, their baby immediately following birth. So they don't get that immediate breastfeeding, which helps contract the uterus. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. all it's all the, yep. we'll fuck with you first and then we'll save mm-hmm. you later. What I noticed, like I learned all about PPHs after the birth of my second child. I haven't, I don't think I've heard Roman's yeah. story. He was like, so the third one was the free birth. And so Roman's I always say was like the most important birth for me. Cause it really was like, you need to make a decision. Are you going to, you want four kids? Do you want to go back to the hospital for the next two or what the fuck are you doing? Um, but so with that, you're like with the, co- like, um, when, the, okay, I don't even know where the fuck to start. It is honestly like a seven week fucking course to even figure out half this shit. But a lot of the time, like, you know how you were saying the baby's not on the breast, all of this stuff. One of the biggest takeaways with learning about hemorrhages and stuff for me was um, temperatures. Like, Michael Odent, you know Michael Odent, the really old school French obstetrician? He's yeah. like 80 fucking million years old. He's responsible for bringing water birth into the hospitals in France and stuff like that. He would separate units. So the women who wanted epidurals and pain relief, like medical pain relief, would go to another um, ward. Like, the women who didn't want that shit would go to a separate ward with water birth. All the midwives didn't have CTGs to attend to, no drips, nothing like that. Cause that would take, once you have two women in labor and you need to be over there like signing off on CTGs and shit, you can't help the other mother who wants to just labor with none of that stuff. Anyway, so he's amazing. And I've literally bought all of his books and they're like old as fuck. They're like in the seventies and he's written stuff. And it just echoes what all the traditional midwives say. And it's like, and he even says, like, we probably would have no hemorrhages if the environment was warm, if it was quiet, and if it was very dark. And, like, um, Carla Hartley, her thing was, like, no padding, no hatting, no chatting. So don't touch the baby, don't touch the mother. Don't put a fucking beanie on your baby's fucking head when it's born. The fucking mother needs to smell that baby. And that helps her oxytocin and everything. Get the, I seen a birth bed the other day, a water birth. The baby had come out and someone put a fucking beanie on the little cunt. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, and this is when I see, this is the cross between like, oh, let's pretend we we're like all like, you know, if it was a hospital birth, which it was. Yeah. It's this cross between, it's they don't fluff. get it. You the don't fluff. get it. Like you have the water birth there. You think you're doing it all right or whatever. But then you put a hat on the kid and you're like, okay, this is random. Yeah. So, um. I don't know where the fuck I was going with this. They don't. They don't. But what you're just saying there, they don't get it. They don't it's, get it. It's just it's over their head. Yeah. When up so after River's born, right? Mm-hmm. So they I obviously had to explain that it was a wild pregnancy because they were fucking <laughs> bamboozled that they didn't have my records. Yeah. Um, and that it was a free birth transfer, mm-hmm. and they just didn't get it. They fucking jabbed me with oxytocin without my consent, by the way. Yeah. As soon as she was born. Like, you fuckwit. <laughs> yeah. I have had a wild pregnancy. I've avoided this place like the fucking plague my yeah. entire pregnancy for the entire labor. And I was mm-hmm. prepared to for her birth. Yeah. And then you think I'm going to consent to a they fucking chemical substance yeah, exactly. to be injected into my body? What the fuck? They don't understand the archetypes of mothers. They don't have if you know any anything, concept. When the mother comes in and they mention a few things, you should have a pretty good fucking idea what that mother is, where she's coming from, what and she her values for. and stuff. Yeah. But if you are literally 20 and you don't know anything, I get it. Why? Well, like, of course they're going to jab you because that's just like, oh, we don't want to hemorrhage. Just like blindly the fucking blind. It's, yeah. it's so sad. Um, yeah, so... Often in hospital, with my first two births, after... And it's considered normal. They, they, um, 
when the baby comes out, right, placenta comes out, I just was fucking uncontrollably shaking and freezing fucking cold. Um, I was told with the first two, like, it's just, you're a bit of shock, you know, whatever that fucking, what does that even mean? Um, and all this type of shit. And I just, they would give me warm blankets, but I could have just had more. I was freezing yeah, cold. Same. And once I, then I was learning about like how to prevent hemorrhages, what causes hemorrhages. And then you learn that when you are shaking, that's a sign adrenaline is creeping up in your body. So when the, when the baby comes out, when the placenta comes out, especially before the placenta comes out, your oxytocin in your body is sky high, like crazy high. That helps deliver the placenta, close up all the blood vessels. You don't bleed or you do bleed. It's normal to bleed as well. Um, all of this stuff, you don't hemorrhage. So then oxytocin and adrenaline work against each other so the more adrenaline that's building up the lower your oxytocin's going so in hospital when you've delivered your baby and you want a physiological third stage which is no sinto jab into your ass into your hip or whatever and you're freezing cold and shaking that is like going against delivering that placenta safely and it's going against like it's just it's fucking with you and that's not recognized in hospital i'm like more blankets more blankets like that that's adrenaline that's the little enemy so you don't want her shake like the the mother shaking with my two home births at home here did not shake once felt lovely yeah. warm yeah and it's crazy the tolerance like so emily uh, chloe was born in august it was freezing cold night she was born in the middle of the night i had the split system on heat i had a heater from kmart on and then what else? I had a heat blanket, like I bought a heat blanket, like just to put around me after the baby was delivered. I was like, I feel fucking lovely. Like I felt so good. Chris was sweating his ball sacks off. He was like, having <laughs> one of the answers. He's like, oh fuck, it's hot. But I'm like, that's crazy how hot the environment had to be for me to feel really nice and warm. Yeah. I like, yeah, like, and so I delivered the placentas at home and all this stuff. So I think there's just so much old wisdom that you hear from the home birth side of things and the birth keepers or whatever. Well, I mean, you think that's about ignored. it. If if the if the house was cold, mm. what would you do? Put the fucking heat heater warm on. It up. Yeah, put a fire on. They don't they don't put the heater on in the hospital, yeah. do they? Because it has to be a certain temperature. But if you're cold at home, you put the yeah, fucking heater exactly. on. Exactly. And with the um, what's that shit called? Melatonin. Not melat. Yeah, melatonin. melatonin yeah. yeah. Like with so with the having a dark environment, melatonin helps up your oxytocin. Yeah. So the darker it is, the more melatonin you have, the more oxytocin you have. With chatting as well, you don't want to distract the mother when the baby's born. So all this, like, you know, especially if there's a big family birth and everyone's swooning over the mother as she's just birthed the baby, the focus then becomes the baby on her chest. Everyone's got their legs are wide open. It's a freezing cold room. They're poking and prodding. They're pulling on the placenta. All types of shit is happening. And then she starts bleeding. And a lot, a lot, I'm like, oh, is she hemorrhaging or is she just bleeding normally? And you guys have, are so fucking scared of blood loss that you overreact. And they start treating it as a hemorrhage when it hasn't become a hemorrhage yet. All of it's guesswork with guessing blood loss. We have an extra, <laughs> on average, three litres of blood in mm -hmm. our body. Too mm -hmm. loose. Mm -hmm. It's there as a reserve. Yeah. yeah. Too loose. Some women it's will lose come more. Out. <laughs> some women will lose less. Some women lose like a fucking teaspoon. Some, some women lose, lose the full three litres. And feel great, yeah. And they still feel fine. Some women might lose five hundred mil and we pass, pass out. out shit. Yeah, everyone's exactly. so and and that's no one. No one stops and just says, "How are you feeling?" Yeah. I'm How do you right. feel? Yeah. You will know. Or if they ask, it's more of like a um, like it's just like a chat thing. They to, don't actually take. They don't actually. They're like, okay, cool. That that doesn't change the decision. Yeah. I don't yeah. think anyway. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So with Roman's birth, um, like this is a typical. Let's say. Hemorrhages are very common, especially in our town. Like, I remember talking to a very senior midwife who's not from here. And she said, I said to her, fuck, it's cold in here. Like, you guys should just bring up to the hospital. Like, the hospital needs to be warmer. It's contributing to our postpartum hemorrhages. It's freezing cold in this fucking hospital. 
the birth suites are fucking like icy. Some women can birth in cold conditions, obviously. Like, but if you're already at risk of maybe a hemorrhage, like this is something that could prevent hemorrhages. They said to me, oh no, no, but I think it might, um, vasoconstriction. So in normal nursing, so this is the problem with nursing being all fucking in there with midwifery. Yeah. In the normal, so your normal veins and shit, right? You have vasoconstriction, vasodilation. So when you're hot, you vasodilate, your blood vessels open up kind of thing. When you're freezing cold, your, your blood vessels close in or if you're dehydrated, all this type of shit. So this woman said to me, um, no, no, but I think it's actually good for the hemorrhages when it's freezing cold because of vasoconstriction, the, the vessels close off. And I was just like, and you're fucking seeing your hair. So, so the vessels inside, deep inside our 37 degree body close yeah, up yeah. because the aircon's on 15. Yeah. Fucking hell. I know. And so with Roman, right, so normal, completely normal, um, everything normal kind of thing yeah gbs positive which is group b strep it's a fucking joke i wish i never had the antibiotics but it is what it is so i went into labor like eight o'clock it kicks off um he was so being gbs positive did they make you say like did they say to you as soon as you're in labor you need to come in they said come in kind of because you need antibiotics for four hours before that baby's born Fuck. and so it was a real torn thing because we've got like family members who have had a premature baby that died from gbs gbs can be very very fatal but there are risk factors to it i had none of those risk factors like multiple birth premature and i mean just because you tested positive broke. two weeks before he was born exactly. doesn't mean you were positive on the day yeah. he was born what's that fucking word called it's transient bacteria yeah. so yeah. it can be there one day not done day and we only test here and got a high risk well, in this town yeah. because we have a high risk population um, like my everywhere else they I, don't do it. I was never tested. Yeah, right. I was tested with the first one and I didn't even know I was. I just swabbed. It's when they swab you. Yeah, no, I yeah. I didn't mm. get it with any of them. Mm. So. Nice. Yeah. So that was the only thing. And I was back. It was so stressful because I was like, fuck, I went back for a second swab because I wanted to do it again. Learned so much about it. And then ultimately I was like, I'll just decide when I'm in labor. And then I went into labor and I'm like, fuck, we might go in because it's ramping up a bit. Go in. Um. I didn't want any checks this time for obvious reasons. And then laboring, whatever. Um, they eventually put, like, they give you, like, a bolus. They kind of, like, just push the antibiotics in. And then he was born, like, 45 minutes later, so he never got the coverage. His water, like, his water bag broke on, like, basically on crowning. So he had, he was not at risk. Because once, once your water, the theory is once the bag breaks, then the bacteria can mm. be technically touching the baby. So if your waters don't break or if you're having a Caesar, GBS won't affect you. So I was like, oh, that's good. Um, so I just fucked up your gut. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Thank God I didn't have thrush with breastfeeding and all types of shit. And I'm yeah. just so glad once that first lot went in, I was like, I literally talked to Roman. I was like, get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I swear to God, he listened to me. So it was very normal um, labor. Um, he was born like I wasn't, the midwife was much better than, yeah, no, sorry. The midwife was good. Um, birthed him normally. Um, like up on, like I was on the floor and then um, I was laying down, all types of shit. And then I jump up on the bed, like same as Sophie, hands over the back of the bed. He's born. I'm the first one that sees he's a boy and it was lovely. For the, so this one, I wanted physiological third stage. So we're fucking, he's born. Eight minutes in, the midwife, she's checked me a couple of times, like just looking down there. And she's like, oh, and she's tugging on the placenta a bit. And she's like, oh, yeah, I think it might be detached. Do you mind if I have a go? And I was like, this is where I, I fucked up. I didn't learn how to do a physiological delivery. I just said I wanted it and right. assumed the midwives would know how to do it. So then I'm like, oh, yeah, like, that's fine. Because I've just had a baby. I've just been in labor. I'm like looking at You're him. You're on clap I feel nine. fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm shivering cold. 
So she pulls it out using cord traction. Oh. So that's not just like pulling it out because I've had this argument with a million people. It, it wasn't. She didn't. It wasn't. The placenta wasn't sitting in my vagina, and she just pulled it out. It was. I felt it. I was like, oh. Chris remembers her hands just like pulling on it, comes out, and then of course, uh, oh, you're bleeding a bit. Do you mind if I give you the um like centodrip? And I was, ah, uh, Sinto jab first. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. Like, whatever. Like, it's fine. I'd like a physiological delivery, but whatever you have to do, mm. that was me. And so that that starts and then immediately hold your legs open and we need to search for a clot. There could be a clot in there, like a little bit of, or like a broken bit of placenta or whatever. So then my legs have been held open. I don't have a fucking epidural. I don't have fucking nothing. So I'm like, holy shit. Once again, my legs are open. Mum... Chris on either side holding me open. I'm trying to like shut my legs because I'm like, oh, like this is fucking horrible. Like, you know, anyone. And then, um, yeah, then it was like, oh, we might have to start a drip. Another midwife comes in, put another cannula in my arm. I already had one because of the fucking antibiotics. So put another one in. Then I'm on the gas because I'm like, I'm not torturing myself. Like with, like I couldn't physically even hold my Where's legs. Where's Roman? On my chest the whole time with a placenta next to him. Because <laughs> I came out. And um, so yeah, this goes on and on. And then it's like the um, obstetrician was in theatre and stuff. And so I'm on the gas. I'm off my fucking tree. Like this is the same as Sophie's birth, but I was on the gas for but, stitching. But goodbye all those beautiful hormones. Exactly. Yeah. So I was just like, like, I can still remember like everything was like, do, 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 do. <laughs> like I was off my fucking nut. And then, um, yeah, so that was whatever. And then the obstetrician comes in. He, uh, then it's like different from this stitching and all of this stuff is different for my first experience different obstetricians the first one wasn't an obstetrician so he put a catheter in he put misoprostol like up your ass so it's like a tablet in there then he did like ultrasound stuff and then he was like i'll suture you i don't know if you tore or not but um it looks like there's a bit of a skin bridge whatever that means so i'm guessing like extra scar tissue from my last delivery he's like i'll snip that off and make that look better and i was like okay whatever like this is like the whole husband stitch thing and so then um yes yeah, so it was just horrible so then it was over it was like 12 they guessed a uh, 1200 like 1.2 liter loss of blood and um, the whole time I was freezing cold, because my waters broke on the bed, I was laying in the fluids of all of that. So I'm fucking just cold. Like, it doesn't matter how many blankets you put on me, I'm freezing cold. I'd been on gas, which makes you shaky and stuff as well. Um, and then they kind of leave and there's like a catheter in me. And like, oh my God, like having a catheter in you, fuck that. And I just was a bit bu like buzzing pretty quickly. I was like, can you get this out? Can you get this out? And it's like, we're just going to make sure you're... Um, blood is empty because it could be bruised and then you don't you know piss and then all this shit and I was just like I just need it out like I'm just so petrified like being a nurse as well my fear in life is like someone fucking walking into that catheter bag and like ripping the fucking catheter out of my you know bladder so I was just like can you get the fuck out had a drip mind you because I was on Sinto drips and shit so I had shit hanging out of my arm everywhere it was fucked up and so and this is like a typical experience like this is very typical um stereotypical of what would happen to, in like a normal delivery that has turned into a hemorrhage it's fucking it was horrible so he was born at like and 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 at what point did it become an emergency yeah when that stupid cunt of a fucking <laughs> midwife <laughs> interfered what yeah. the fuck for i know everything was fine he was perfectly nursing mm -hmm. you are blissful you've yep. just delivered your baby yeah. without any of the horrors of your previous birth yeah yeah but, oh, hang on, Wait. we're going to fuck with it some more. <laughs> yeah, it was 
fucking shit. And then, so then as Whitley, so he was like, he was born after, just a bit after, like, um, before midnight. So like 12, it was like 12.47 p.m. Uh, a.m. he was born. I didn't leave the birth suite until five-ish. By the time this whole ordeal's over, everyone has to go home. Chris had to go home or whatever. So then I go back to the ward and it's like the shared room. I've just like got a drip, like, and that's it. So I see, obviously there's like, that was not C-section style, nothing like that. Like I've seen women like in agony after they have their babies. But like he was my second boy and I just remember getting back there and told, and like having the drip in my arm and then he did a shit and Chris was gone, no one was there. And so I was trying to change his nappy and I was just thinking the whole time like, fuck having twins, man, I can barely do this shit. Like I was just like, this is so hard right now to change his nappy with this drip and I was just in, like, oh, I had stitches again. I was just in pain. Change it up, I'd be, I'd like buzz the midwife. I couldn't really move because then he was screaming and crying. So I pick him up through the, um, one second. Hey. Hey, um, um, did you get the message that I'm Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'll do that now. Sorry, bye. <laughs> um, yeah, so then I just, but then he started screaming and crying. So I put the nappy on, I quickly, like, could barely move. So I kind of, like, hopped back into the bed and he's on my boob. And I'd kind of thrown the nappy down. Like, I'd rolled it up and taped it up and put it, but it landed on the ground and the midwife comes in and had a comment about like it was on the ground and I'm like, okay, bitch, like I've just had this fucking kid. Like I've had a hemorrhage. My husband is in here. This baby's screaming and crying. I can't move one arm. I can't barely sit down. And she has the crack about the nappy on the ground. And I'm like, just fucking pick it up, bitch. Like it was just things like that. Um, let me just sign into fucking Woolworths here. <laughs> so Chris can pick these groceries up. Um, yeah, so and so so then after this, so I didn't really think about it too much. Then I just thought, like, what the fuck? Like, I, I labor so normally. Like, why did one end in like this stitching and this horrible experience and this asshole doctor? Why did the second one? Why was it fucked with with a midwife and a hemorrhage? You know, you know, you know how I said like it, it, the midwife interfered and she shouldn't have. Yeah. How long can and I and I, I've been that woman that's fucked up. So yeah. I say this with absolutely no judgment whatsoever. Yeah. But how long do we keep blaming the midwives? And when yeah. do we start taking responsibility for it? You yeah. said it yourself. Mm-hmm. You wanted a physiological stage, yeah. third stage, mm-hmm. but you didn't actually know what that no, meant. Exactly. So if you had the knowledge, yeah. when she said, can I pull on the cord a bit? You could have been like, no, fuck off. Yeah, what the fuck are you doing? And I know we, we, can't, we can't blame women for the state of the system, yeah. but there are so many stories out there Every woman has a similar story to us. Mm-hmm. They have at least one fucked up birth. Yeah, yeah. If not three, four, mm-hmm. like us. You know, everyone's got a story. Mm-hmm. If you listen to these stories and still go and birth in the hospital without knowing exactly what you want, yeah. you are going to get fucked with. Yeah, exactly. You have to know mm-hmm. what you're saying yes or no to. Yeah. It becomes personal responsibility. You can yes. bang your head against the fucking wall as much as you can, but it's not changing. It's not no. like, and I had read they are not that, going to stop doing what they do yeah. just because you don't want it to happen to exactly. you. You have to go in there and say no, yes, yeah. no. I don't want that. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that. I'm not having that. Yeah, and this is where it's a joke from the beginning because you shouldn't have to even no. say that. No, and even with continuity of care, continuity of care, midwife, like that you're with. I all know time. women that have done continuity of care and they still get fucked over. Yeah, exactly. It's just done with a smile. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just the like... fucking flop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then I got pregnant with, and so from this point on, I was like focused as a fucking like a rabid dog mm. on what was going on with these births and stuff. Got all my like um, medical files and stuff and went over them with a fine tooth comb quickly. 
just, I remember one time you're like, hold the fuck on. She pulled that cord out. I wonder if that's it. So I went through all the birth At photos. eight minutes. Eight minutes, yeah. So I found the timing and everything. Like, because I had it all videoed and there was like, my brother was there taking photos, all types of things. So I had it all there. And I was like, hmm, interesting. Look up the Queensland Health Guidelines. It's basically like hands, like, because the thing is, you want to Anything use, before an hour is completely normal. Yeah. And with the physiological delivery, which they've changed the fucking guidelines at the moment, I don't know why, but it used to say, um, like, use gravity and mother-led... Yeah. What's that word called? Mother... I don't know, force, maybe? Yeah, like, just... Oh, fuck, it was just in my head. Just Basically, like, you should just stand up and cough and the thing plops yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Just, like, mothers should push if they want to push. That's it. Nobody pulls anything out. Nobody mm. does fucking anything. Hands the fuck off. And so I went in, because then I was pregnant with uh, Chloe... And so I go in and um, talk to another very senior midwife and I said to her, hey, can I just talk about my last birth? Because they kind of hadn't really detected this hemorrhage that had happened. And then I went, they, like, I was probably, I don't know how far along I was, maybe like 20 weeks or something. And they were like, oh, you had a hemorrhage in your last birth. Oh, 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 oh. And they're basically like, you need to come in early. You need to get, not early, but come in before, you know, it's too late. Get a cannula in just in case you know, they have, they have, they have another hemorrhage. And so then... They were really freaked by it, and I was like, oh, fuck. And so then I did a lot of reading, went through all my files, went back to another, like, a more senior midwife, and I was like, hey, like, with this hemorrhage, I'm thinking, like, this Queensland guidelines weren't followed. Like, it was pulled out. I was freezing fucking cold. Um, like, basically, she shouldn't have used cord traction on a physiological third stage at eight fucking minutes. She basically, then this midwife, I just remember, like, her spinning around and being like, you chose a physiological third stage, that's why you bled. Oh, like, what a fuck. Yeah, I remember it, like, it's one of those moments I was, I just remember her doing it. Like, and the, I, like the jungle juice comment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. etched in your brain. She, and she had missed my point of what I was saying, and I was like, no, I wasn't talking about... Them. Because it's always your fault. Yeah, like, like it's blame never, the woman's Yeah, body. always blame the woman. Yeah. I, I had a mum message me today, and completely not about birth, but she, she said, she went to the doctor because her little girl had an ear infection, yeah. and the doctor told it was because she nurses while laying down oh i seen that what a fucking dumb fuck what the fuck <laughs> because we weren't biologically designed to breastfeed while we're sleeping like it's fuck so off stupid. but it's always just blame the yeah, woman exactly. blame the mother after actually the, his birth i remember the midwife saying oh when i seen you when i when you rang to say you're coming in for the birth um i showed the obstetrician your birth plan and when you had physio no physiological when you said physiological delivery he said he pointed and said oh she'll bleed and I was like, I don't even blame the obstetrician. I think I've said this before in a previous one. Because I'm just like, if he has a bunch of fucking amateurs dealing with physiological third stage and he's constantly called... They don't even know what a physiological yeah, third yeah. stage is. I had to spell it out for yeah. the midwife on Cody's delivery. At 45 minutes, she's peaking because I haven't delivered the placenta yet. And I'm like, babe, chill, it'll come. Like, I'm not even bleeding. Yeah. And But I had to, I had to mm. calm her down instead of the other way around. I don't blame the obstetrician for having that attitude because if he's constantly going in yeah, to these watched births, he'd yeah. be thinking, fuck it off, why aren't, why aren't you stupid women getting Sinto? Yeah. And it's like, why are the fucking midwives here not knowing what the fuck they're doing? Uh, so then that happened. And then so then at this point, I'm really wanting a water birth. I don't want to tear again. I don't want fucking stitches again. I've got two kids now. I'm going to have three. I don't want to be walking around with stitches and in pain kind of thing. So the water birth's been built by now, and oh no, we can't. You probably can't go in. <laughs> no one's trained. We can't use it for the next oh, two sorry, years. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Fucking suck me. Oh. So then, I, um, so then, yeah. So when she said that, I remember I really got into starting being like, well, I don't want to fucking go get a cannula. Like I don't want to go early and have somebody putting a needle into like a fucking cannula into me when I'm in labour and shit. I was just like, fuck. And then I just started right getting into like physio and like how to like what to prevent 
a hemorrhage would be, and that's like quietness, darkness, all this stuff, which is not guaranteed in hospital. You I don't know, give a fuck not, what, who you It's not even is. possible. Well, I mean, actually, no, I did have it with Cody, I must say. Mm. Um, but I was still arguing with the midwife, so yeah. I didn't have complete quiet. Yeah. But no lights, no. Yeah. There was only one woman in the room for most oh, of it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I still had to argue with her. Yeah, it's crap. So I was just like, no, I don't really want to do that. And I really want a water birth. And I even mentioned to one of the midwives, like, I think I might buy a water birth, like a birth pool and just labor in at home and then come in. And so that was, and she, I remember her going, oh yeah, that's a great idea. Like, so this bitch had no idea what I was actually like. And then that eventually <laughs> turned into like, and so this one midwife, this Why midwife, leave the comfort, security yes. and assurity of your home mm-hmm. for a sterile clinical white fucking surveillance room that's what it is it is surrounded by strangers Mm -hmm. i'm just if you can choose if you have the inclination Mm -hmm. to stay home stay the fuck yeah just read a bit more if you have to you don't need like you know fuck yeah definitely you know i said to a friend the other day actually i said it it, it sounds completely arrogant and it's probably up on the list of the most disgusting things i've ever said but i really genuinely wish i could just implant in all women my attitude <laughs> and responsibility for pregnancy and birth yeah mm-hmm. because imagine how different the world would be know, right? if everyone just surrendered to mm-hmm. the gloriousness that is pregnancy and birth yeah exactly I don't think that's that bad. You know, we've got a friend, um, she's only early pregnant, Mm -hmm. um, you know, sort of around the six-week mark, Mm -hmm. and she's already gone for scans and stuff and and blood tests and everything because she's worried she's going to lose the baby. And I'm thinking... What the fuck? One, miscarriage happens. It sucks. I've been there. It it is really shitty. You can't do anything at six weeks. Yeah, I know. You know what triggers me beyond belief, like my eyes start switching, is when these people piss on a a pregnancy test, get a positive, and like the next day they're getting a scan. Yeah. they're not going to see anything. They, they, they explain it to them. Oh, you probably just see the fetal pole, not much more. Then they panic. Oh, yes. I don't know. And then it becomes a big trauma story again yes. for them to fucking put on their... Oh, and it's just like, why are you fucking even doing why that? Why can't... Why? If you, know your, you don't even need to know your dates, but if you know your dates, fuck the dating scan off. You yeah. don't need ultrasound sound shit all over your baby. There are risks of ultrasound that they will never fucking tell you about. And if you don't trust your body to grow a baby, you sure as shit don't trust your body to birth it. No, 100%. And I think that's the cornerstone of, like, most women's problem, like, yeah. is they just don't trust yeah. anything. Everything's broken. If you have period pain, everything, like, from the beginning. Yeah. This, so this retarded midwife, right? <laughs> yeah. The old bitch, she, then I remember the birth pool came in and said they were going to use it. Oh, and then yeah. I was like, I came in, I was like, so at this point I'm already, like, I'm going to free birth. So I came in, I'm like, what I, like, so is there any chance I could free birth? Like, I'm not free birth. I could use the water. And she looked at me with fucking glee and she was like, no, because you've already had a hemorrhage, so you can't use the water, um, the birth pool. And I was like, oh, but uh, I bled after. And like I explained to you the reasons why I thought I bled, um, like wouldn't, like what do you mean? And then she basically said, you could bleed at any, she literally said this, I'm not, she said you could bleed at any time because no, she said because you've had other babies, you could bleed at any time. What? Like I was like, what the? Oh, if the placenta is detached during labour, you got bigger problems than a PPH. <laughs> I know. I was like, um, and then I just remember when she she like looked at me, just like almost like enjoying that I yeah, was being yeah. tortured. Yeah. And I was just and in the back of my head at that point, I had the birth pool set up, I had everything set, and I was like, not, like I was just like, thank fuck, I'm not coming here. Yeah. And then I also thought, 
at that point, if she's senior and this is her fucking attitude, why the fuck would I want to be anywhere near her stuff and yeah. the younger midwives? If that's the mentor, oh, fuck that, man. Like, so yeah, and then I just started skipping the 40-week appointments and shit, and I was real, like, ev- like evasive. I didn't really want to see anybody. But yeah, and so I didn't bleed. Like, when I had the, so when, then when I had the free birth, I had all the heat set up. Everyone was very, I was very, like, I didn't want the kids to come in after the baby was born. It was basically, I wanted that placenta delivered. And, um, like, to the point of, like, with the fourth one, I was more relaxed, but soon as Chloe was born in the water, I hopped out of the water. Like, I don't like being in the water too much anyways. And I had a heat, like, a, um, what do they call those blankets? Electric, Electric blankets. blankets put around me. Um, I had, like, doggy pad things, like, on the bed so I could watch the blood loss. Because um, I just basically wanted to see how much I'd lost. Plus, then it came out, like, probably half an hour or some shit. It was nothing, like, epic. And then, um, yeah, that was it. Fuck all blood loss. Yeah. I was warm. I because felt great. Because I was, was fucking around with you. Yeah. yeah. It was just crazy. And like that wouldn't be everyone's story, but I swear to fucking God that's most people's stories. You get, you are literally fucked on there. Like, yeah. and if you don't understand physiological third stage, don't just wish you or she'd get it. Like, because this is the thing too. If I had to both again in hospital, I would probably be more open to a Sinto injection knowing how fucked the hospital environment is. You know what I mean? Like, if I was somebody... Probably not, but if I had to be induced and I had Sinto and all of that stuff... But you'd never be induced. That's true, too. But I get why you would need to use Sinto so much in the hospital. Yes. But, but then also there's this whole other layer especially when, well. Especially when the labour's been <sighs> induced in the first place. Exactly. So you're not getting those hormones. Exactly. Like, if you've been induced and then asked for a physiological third stage, chances mm. are it's not going to fucking work. Yeah. Because the hormones aren't there. Yeah. Labour and birth is the most intricate dance of mm-hmm. emotions and hormones mm-hmm. that could ever take place in your life. Exactly right. And the moment that is interrupted or disturbed, yeah. it changes the course. Yep. I also think, like, seeing some births and stuff, that, like, it's a... Like, I've seen... So when a woman wants active management, they put the Sinto in straight away. They barely take notice of the blood loss. It's kind of like, oh, that's all well and good. When I've seen women opt for a physiological third stage, they over, they watch, watch, yeah, watch, yeah. watch, watch. There's a bit of a gush. Oh, and they're, like, treating it like it's a massive hemorrhage. And... Yeah you're like, what the fuck was that? Like, I've seen active birth people, like, actively third stage managed people lose more and no one reacts. But yep. because it's physiological, they're petrified, they're scared because all they've watched is shit show managed after shit birth. show. They're mentored by older midwives that are fucked with their knowledge and you're just like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, you guys are... And then, yeah, they're after petrified. And they over... I think they don't do enough. Like, even when I was at uni, I was like, well, if the woman's got no epidural on board or whatever, can't she just get up, go to the toilet, pee? Like, I've heard so many home birth midwives say that's the first thing you do, like, if yeah. you're worried. You wee, yeah. you lay down, put your legs in the air, mm. and yeah. drink orange drink, juice. Yeah, I had a, like, a herbal blend thing from yeah, yeah, yeah. herbs to just yeah, so it was very warm. That was beautiful. After. Yeah. Um, so, after River was born, mm-hmm. they tried to give me Sinto and straight away my husband was like they're trying to put something in you <laughs> <laughs> He's like, and, I, and I fucking pushed her away like the fucker that was leaning over me and I pushed her away and the obstetrician apologised and he's like oh I think you might have got a little bit but I didn't feel anything and mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm 99% sure I didn't get anything mm-hmm. um, and then he tried to get the placenta out straight away and I was like, no, 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 mm-hmm. it'll come out when it's ready. I said they usually come out between the 45 to an hour mark. That's yeah. when Cody and Dusty's both came out. Mm-hmm. Can I turn the aircon? I've got the heat on and yeah, I'm yeah. fucking burning up, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
and then 45 minutes rolls around and I was like, I'm pretty sure it's just sitting in my vagina. Um, mm-hmm. So I stood up and I coughed a couple of times, but I'm fucking wrecked and I just want to go see my girl. Uh-huh. Um, so I asked the midwife to pull on it a little bit and she did. And mm-hmm. it like, but not traction. Yeah. I'm standing up. I know it's sitting in my vagina and, mm-hmm. and it just plopped out. Yeah, nice. Anyway, and then she was like, she checked the placenta and she said, oh, I'm pretty sure there's still a little bit of membranes in you. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, that's all right. It'll come out. Yeah. I, wasn't worried. I was like, just get me to my oh, girl. I like, know what story you're about to tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the best. My <laughs> husband so will be mortified that this, that this story is coming. Um, but anyway, so I, I was like, fuck it. I don't care. It'll come out. And I just raced up to see River. Yeah. Anyway, so, we're, you know, we're breastfeeding. And I'm, I, I didn't have, you know, with um, Cody and Dusty, I had pretty strong... Um, like after birth pains, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, they weren't so bad with River, and I think that was mostly because was we didn't get that immediate breastfeeding. Okay, yeah. Um, so m- my blood loss after she was born was a lot more significant than I'd ever had with any of them. Okay. Um, and with Dusty and Cody, they both had a physiological third stage, and my bleeding was always less than a normal period. Mm-hmm. But with River, um, that so I'm sitting there in special care and. I, I bled through my clothes onto the chair. Yeah. I stood up. There's a puddle on the chair. And I'm, like, fucking hiding all this shit from the midwives because I knew they'd just be on to me. Um, so Chris bought me a change of clothes and I'm, like, mopping it up and I'm throwing the towel in the bin when they're not looking and fuck. Anyway, so we go back to the ward and um, laying in bed, River's breastfeeding. We're skin on skin. You know, everything's good. Yep. But then in the middle of the night I felt a massive gush mm-hmm. and... I straight away felt tingly and I just didn't feel right. Yeah. And I knew, I know my body well enough to know that something's not right and mm-hmm. I've probably lost too much blood. Mm-hmm. But, so I'm laying there and I'm like, all right, what options do you have? You can press the button and tell the midwives, but they're going to get an ultrasound in here. They're going to see the membranes that haven't come out yet. They're going to want to give me more drugs. They're going to start fucking, fucking around with me and I've just, <laughs> I've been through enough right now. Or... <laughs> Next to me, in a pretty white, sterile container, is my placenta. Mm-hmm. And during all my learnings and readings of other women's stories, I know that if you put a piece of placenta in your cheek, it can really stop your bleeding. Yeah. So I opened the bucket and I broke off a piece of my placenta and I put it in my cheek. And it worked literally within two minutes. Amazing. That's the, what you fucking hear. The bleeding stopped. Incredible. Completely. Yeah. Anyway, so... All through the night, um, probably every hour or so. Like, mm-hmm. whenever I'd feel another gush, I would just grab another piece of the placenta and put it in my cheek. Mm-hmm. Um, and it worked every time. It Amazing. just stopped the bleeding. Anyway, so 5 o'clock rolls around. I haven't slept, obviously. I'm, like, just yeah. mung it on my placenta all night. <laughs> <laughs> and I messaged my husband because I had those um, herbs from Blissful Herbs. Yeah, just, uh-huh. just, you know... It was just an in-case kind of thing, mm-hmm. so I had them. Yeah. Um, so I messaged my husband and I was like, hey, can you please grab the, um, I think no it's no bleed tincture. tincture. Yeah. yeah. I was like, can you please bring in the no bleed tincture? I think I'm bleeding a bit too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, fucking hell, Sarah, have you told the nurses? And I'm like, no, I'm not telling the fucking nurses. They'll just want to give me shit and I'm not taking shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, he go, and then what did he say? He said, this is serious, Sarah, you have to take this stuff seriously or something like that. I was like, dude, it's all good. I've been eating my placenta. <laughs> And he's like, what the fuck, Sarah? <laughs> I just want to see his face. Like when he's driving the car. I'm like, who the fuck did I And he's like, who the fuck did you find to cut up your placenta? <laughs> so gold. But anyway, so 
he gets there, I, I start drinking the no bleed tincture, which works really well. Sweet. Yeah. Really, really well. Yeah. It's fucking heinous, but it works yeah. really well. Yeah, do you well. just drip it in your mouth? Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. But I, I bought was, it twice and never had to I was it. practically sculling it because mm-hmm. I was bleeding quite a lot. <laughs> I, I, I barely made it from the hospital to the car. Oh, fuck, yeah. So I was losing a lot of blood. Uh-huh. Anyway, so we get home and I'm like, all right, I need to get this membrane out and I need to mm-hmm. get naked and get in bed with River mm-hmm. and just get all those fucking love hormones yeah, rolling. Yeah, that oxytocin. Yeah. Um, so I sat on the to- toilet and straight away out come a handful of membrane. Cool. Um, and, a, and a big gush of blood. Mm-hmm. And then for probably – so I had a 50ml bottle – no – yeah, a 50 ml bottle, I think it comes in uh-huh. of that no bleed stuff. Mm-hmm. So for the next like two or three days, I just kept taking it in case. Mm-hmm. And my my bleeding really, really slowed down. Awesome. As soon as I got skin to skin in bed, comfortable with River, yeah, the bleeding slowed down. Awesome. But in an emergency situation, grab your fucking placenta. Yeah, definitely. it's a hell of a lot better than any of that fucking yeah. chemical shit they try and jab you with. <laughs> yeah, fucking oh. With. Emily's birth, the last one I... Oh, and Chris is absolutely mortified that I share this story because I've told everyone and he's like, fucking stop telling the placenta story. (laughs) It's so good. And I think too, like, I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't even react because it's just like once you're in that sphere, you're like, excellent. Yeah. I've never known anyone that did it. I don't know anyone that's fucking pre-birth in real life, really. So it's so cool. Because you hear the similar things, like it just stops. Yeah. And it was immediate. And what's the fucking risk if it doesn't work? No. I'm like, just fucking do it if you want to, like... With Emily's birth, um, it was like 30 minute mark, I kind of like, because it's like the, the, their births are so textbook, like I hop in the birth pool, an hour later they're born, hop out, breastfeed, 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 then I kind of get up around the half an hour mark and just squat over like a bowl, didn't come out, sat on the toilet, didn't really come out, and then um, I went back on the bowl kind of thing, just kind of like squatting there and like breastfeeding her the whole time. And then it kind of comes out and then Chris has got a torch and he's like, oh, it's like half dangling out. And so then I'm like, well, I can't see. So then I get my iPhone and I'm like, take a flash photo underneath <laughs> and I'm looking on the iPhone. I'm like, oh, and I've looked, I got that photo still. It's just like the, it's like membranes are still just stuck in there, which I've seen a gazillion times with these free birthers. So I was like, that's cool. We'll just wait a bit longer. And then 15 minutes later, the whole placenta released and everything was fine. Um, Blood loss was whatever. Like, I've, there's one photo of the placenta in the blood in the bowl, and it looks like a lot of blood, but the placenta is in there as well, so yeah. it's floated up, so whatever. I felt completely awesome and great, so it was fine. Over the next, I think it was about 10 days, um, I felt good, but I felt like I'd been in a car accident. Like, I remember you coming in a couple yes, of days. I remember you telling yeah. me, yeah, and, and you I felt like, achy. Oh, you yeah. felt like you had a flu. I just, yeah, I felt like, so yeah. I'd been in one car accident before, and I felt similar. <laughs> like, I just, just, everything was just achy and shit, and I'm like, yeah. fuck, I just felt wrecked. And then, um... Then, but I still felt okay. Like I didn't feel sick. I just felt like, oh fuck, you know. Yeah. And then I woke up one morning, and I, as soon as I opened my eyes, I'm like, I don't feel right today. And I was like, if there is, um, I looked at my placenta after it was born, uh, after it was birthed, and I didn't see any like bits missing. But who the fuck can tell half the no, time? No, because the the mother side is so. I know. Yeah. Like when they go, we've, we've checked the placenta. There's nothing there. I'm like, how yeah. the fuck do you know? Really? Yeah. <laughs> So then, um, and I think I even had med- been messaging you that day too and told you about it. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, and then, um, so then I thought, I said to myself, okay, if I still feel like this at the end of the day, I'm going to go to the hospital and just see what's going on because your body is wise and it will yes. show you when there's something up. And that yeah. day I woke up, I'm like, mm, it's telling me there's something up, right? I went out to my parents' house and then um, I went, I had to go to pee and I did a pee and as I peed, this big like felt a clock come through and then I and I wish I fucking took a photo but and then I looked down and I was like oh my god there was like blue shiny membranes in this clot and I was like oh fuck yeah I can't tell you how fast like I flush the toilet I'm walking down the hallway 
with it was like as I was walking down the hallway, it all that sh that shit feeling just lifted off me. And by the time I fucking got back to the couch, I was like, oh, I fucking feel ama amazing. Yeah. And I was just like, that is fucking incredible. Felt completely fine ever since then. Can you imagine amazing. if you'd gone to the hospital the first day you started feeling achy? Yeah, you would have right. had an ultrasound. Mm -hmm. You would have had drugs. You would have had a mm -hmm. DNC to remove re retained placenta. Yeah. Like it's just a fucking shit yeah, show. Exactly. Leave our fucking bodies alone. Exactly. And women stop allowing yeah. this to happen mm -hmm. yeah you know exactly it's so fucking true you, your body will show you when something's up like we if were last you week. listen to it yeah you gotta listen to that so many people don't just don't listen though yeah exactly. and and even you know like 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 being newly pregnant yeah yeah trust the universe that it is going to give you whatever you mm -hmm. need in your journey yeah you know i've yeah. lost babies i know they yeah. i know it sucks yeah but uh -huh. i lost them for a reason yeah uh -huh. and i know no one currently going through a miscarriage wants to hear that bullshit yeah uh -huh. but it's true yeah you know yeah. a friend just got um results back from one of her miscarriages and bub had trisomy 13 and yeah. trisomy 18 yeah that's a good miscarriage. Yeah. That's your body as wise as fuck. So fucking Amazing. wise. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, right? It's so true. That early pregnancy shit, just like get it out of your fucking head. Seeing that little it's not your baby you're seeing. It's a it's a bounced off sound wave. It's not mm. a fucking photo of your kid. No. You don't need to see nothing on an ultrasound. If you know your dates, I don't want that fucking ultrasound. Even if you, you don't, don't need to know. Even if you don't know your dates. Yeah, exactly. You, uh, most think, women aren't going to skip the 12 and 20 week scans, mm -hmm. are they? No. So you can get a pretty good guesstimate at 12, 12. weeks. Yeah, you exactly. don't need a dating scan, even if you don't know your date. Exactly. Dusty was conceived after a miscarriage, so his dates were all fucking yeah, stewy. Right. Yeah. I still didn't get any scans. Yeah. It still I doesn't make I'm, any difference. Exactly. I think what it makes a difference is when you're planning on birthing in the hospital, You've got to know when you have those early scans and they are telling you, just say you've got your dates, right? And you're like, you know that you, when you ovulated and whatever, and you know you're seven weeks, you're eight weeks, you're 11 weeks, whatever the fuck you know. And they try to tell you, oh, you know, actually you're measuring 12 weeks. Say, like, just try to like, please beg them to put you on the lower end of the date because... It might not matter then, but as when soon you, as you get hit 40 weeks and five exactly. days, they're going to be right Those on you. Those fucking days that they go, oh, your baby's three days ahead. Your baby's two days ahead. That's the difference between you being pressured. And if you're somebody who will accept an induction, you will get induced. So yeah. those days matter. That's why I try to avoid these fucking scans, true God. And then just go off your, your dates. When they say, just are you regular? And I mean, if you want to birth in a hospital and you want to get a scan, right? Mm. Go for the 20 week scan. Give that little fetus some fucking chance. Mm. And the older the fetus, the better. The, the less, dam the less damaging the ultrasound. Mm -hmm. Get your 20-week scan and tell them, no, give them a fucking lie about your date. Lie. <laughs> Say, you know, my period was a week before it actually was. Yeah. Uh -huh. You know, give yourself a fucking chance. Exactly. That's the thing. Be shady as fuck. If you if you were like, I have to birth in the hospital for whatever reason, but you, you still want to, like, err on the side of not much intervention... Like, I have a friend. She's a fucking nurse. She um, was with uh, gestational diabetes. She had to have to birth where she wanted to birth in the birth center. She had to pass the GDM thing, right? They had changed all the levels at that point. So with her first pregnancy, technically, she would have been GDM. Oh, thanks, honey. What a good honey. I didn't even have to taste you. You're a dear. Thank you. Not enabling That's me. love. <laughs> Chris just bought me a rum. <laughs> um, yeah, so with her first pregnancy, she was 
um, classed as GDM now. But at that time, the levels weren't that low that they picked it up. So it was fine. She's so healthy, I can't even tell you. Like, she never got hypers in her... Like, even with her second pregnancy when they picked up that she had GDM now. Like, she never once had a hyper. She's so healthy and all this stuff. The next one, she's like, I don't even want to do this test because I know I don't have gestational diabetes. I know it's just, like, this, you know, random thing. So um, she tried to, like, was wanted to drink the... Um, the, the, they give you that syrupy shit and you drink it and, you know, all that. Like, you wait an hour. The, the, the you setting you up to fail you know. thing. Yeah, basically. So she, her plan was, like, she had two babies at that time. So she's like, I'm going to get their water bottle. I'm going to drink this drink but not drink the whole thing and then spit the drink in it. But this fucking nurse bitch was staring at her the whole time and she's like, God damn it. So she goes out and she's like, I might just go to take the kids to the toilet. Fingers down her throat. <laughs> like, chucked up. Nice work. Yeah, I was like, go you. Um, and she, she's, because she didn't. And like so, and I'm the same. I don't want to argue. I don't want to like push yeah. for a fucking birth and a birth. And like you know, I just I would probably do the same thing. So she chucked up a bit, and you know, came back. She was just under, so she could birth where she wanted to birth at the birth center. And I was like, this is the shady shit you need to know. With my third birth, like I wanted, I did not want to do that GBS swab. I actually went to one of these town things where the hospital comes, consumers come, there's some yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. big wig tool bag comes and they or you talk about the maternity services and stuff. And there was a midwife there, a very young midwife who had just graduated and she was pregnant with her first baby. I'd had two at that or had three at that point. And she said in our little group thing where you all brainstorm about shit, she's like, I don't want the GBS swab, but I'm too scared. Like I feel like I'm too scared to say I don't want it. And she's a midwife in the system. And I was like, what the fuck? So I felt obviously similar. So with Chloe's birth, I was like, oh, I'll just fucking do this GBS swap. I literally just like touched my vag, not in your vagina. I would have just, just like on the fucking side. stuck it up my nose. I was scared because I was like, I don't know what the lab does. Like, do they have to grow culture? And they they would know that you swabbed your vagina because obviously some bacteria, such as like vaginal bacteria, have to show up. Because yeah. they say like when you swab, go right into your vagina and right up your asshole. Like not up your butthole, but like around your butt to see if the GBS bacteria is there. So I literally just like grazed it along. The, like before that, I washed my vagina so much and I just like grazed it along. And before that, there's a lot of people that say like get a clove of garlic like with a bit of cotton string and like put it up your vagina I literally mm. asked mum like do you have any cotton at home but I didn't do it because I was like that's fucking with it as well like I you're not naturally meant to have garlic garlic is quite strong I don't want it yeah, to yeah. wreck all my bacteria if you had a GBS positive diagnosis I would and you wanted to birth in the system yeah um I've heard a lot of anecdotal testimonies to using the garlic to eliminate the GBS yeah and then getting a repeat test sweet to yeah. give you the negative well, yeah right. so that you can then not have to you know Smart. do all yeah. their bullshit yeah yeah and there's also a lot of stuff with gbs as well is it is your gut health as well so if you're in with roman's birth in particular i was eating junk like i was like i was like sugar was just making me feel so sugar's good. the number one thing yeah so yeah. if you try not to eat too much sugar and shit because that makes all that bad bacteria grow which is like the gbs's and stuff yeah it's like candida and and did you know also there's like because there's like you if this is the shit we talk about if you go to your if you like want somebody to like double check and sign us off to say we're saying correct things they're not going to fucking say that but <laughs> like you got to get through, through your head if you're listening to us there's like all these old school midwifery people that um have a list of if you are gbs positive which a lot of our natural parenting people wouldn't choose to have that swab because like we were talking about in a previous episode it's also not routine in australia it's not no, no. if you um don't if you know that you wouldn't have antibiotics in labor for GBS, don't fucking get tested. It's like, Say no. It's like the it. ultrasound. Mm-hmm. If you know you're not going to do anything with the information that they can provide at an ultrasound, don't get the ultrasound. Don't do it. Yep. You know why? Why exactly. one? 
expose your baby to the radiation and two mm-hmm. why expose yourself to the fucking unnecessary worry and stress yeah exactly of right m- maybe getting some negative information mm-hmm. from that yeah you know just enjoy your pregnancy yeah exactly right there's uh, one of these old school things is she believed gbs because so many women shave all their pubic hair off pubic hair is protective against bacteria so she was like grow your pubes out <laughs> like i was like it's so true it makes sense yes hair everywhere is to protect our skin so i would I, I always shaved always for yeah, years. yeah so from teenage years basically you know probably year 11 mm-hmm. i probably would have started yeah up until about six months ago yeah right stuff's fucking mortified <laughs> hates it says it tickles but and he's gonna fucking hate <laughs> that i'm talking about this bouncy, <laughs> i know right yeah but that chick i follow on it's chick's not the right Oi, woman that you're i gonna follow. do your arms next and then he'll be modified yeah and we're like singlets everywhere you go yeah. like, Fuck. <laughs> that woman i follow on instagram from the sunny coast who yeah. helped me after river's birth mm-hmm. um so she put on a whole heap of information yeah. about why pubic hair is so necessary and and mm-hmm. and part of your body and necessary for function all that sort of stuff yeah. and every Every single, you couldn't argue with a single fact that yeah. she shared, and I was yeah. like, "Fuck!" It makes it's fucking natural. Like, it's it's gotta... the hair is there for a reason. Yeah. Like we don't we don't have hair on our nipples. We have it on our vulva, and yeah. there's a fucking reason for that. Yeah, yeah. So with the next two, I definitely that was I was not going anywhere near. Yeah, I was like, "That's growing the fuck out." But yeah, I thought that was interesting, and I was like, "Yeah, man, if you want to avoid GBS." Which, which it's not, and this is the thing, I'm sure um, Indie Birth Podcasts have an awesome episode on GBS and they go through, like, it's a really good podcast actually if you want to learn more about just little things. And like, not everything they talk about is great, they are fuckheads. Like, a lot of these organisations have the fuckhead element to all of them as well, but they had an awesome one and I think it's something like, um, 3,000, for every, three, so for 3,000 women who we give intrapartum antibiotics to for GBS, one baby is saved. So it's like, yes, it can save your baby's life. But then how many of those babies born to the mothers jabbed with antibiotics Mm -hmm. then go on to have health problems created Mm -hmm. by the disruption of their gut microbiome at birth? Allergies, eczema, asthma, all this is associated with it. And this is what I brought up like when I was trying to make the decision on what to do. The obstetrician's just like... She, I remember her coming in and looking down at me and being like, your baby could die. Like, you need to do it. And I was just like, oh, my God. And I remember saying to one midwife. He could have died a week after he was born, too, from RSV exactly. because he's getting shitty breast milk. This is also the thing. GBS will protect your baby for And I can't remember because I haven't looked at it for so long. It does not stop. Like, there is, it's a three-month period, they say, that your baby could die from a GBS infection. When you have the antibiotics at the labor, yes, your chances are reduced. But the baby's chances are still the same as it is like for the next 12 fucking weeks yeah. like having antibiotics doesn't make a difference at birth like my my waters didn't even break it was like seven i think it was seven minutes my waters broke before he was born yeah and the obstetrician and then the, that fucking night i was there and the the pediatricians wanted me to stay in because he didn't have adequate antibiotic coverage they did a full blood fucking thing on him all this shit and in my head i was like i can't he can't have antibiotics like i do not want my kid to have prophylactic antibiotics no one should ever be given prophylactic Fuck. antibiotics they wanted to do the same thing to river Gross. and she was she she just couldn't fathom why i would say no <sighs> like they just they it is a completely different world they don't 
they look at us like fucking idiots. Like, mm-hmm. we don't know what we're talking yeah. about because we don't live in the little fear fucking bubble mm-hmm. that they live in. And whether they like it or not, when you work there for long enough, it becomes a factory. Yes. It's a fact. If you are a pediatrician working in a special care nursery, it's this baby, this baby, next baby. And you you're only seeing the sick babies. And you're literally looking at them and you're seeing that the risk factors tick, 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 tick. And like, what are we doing? Do, do, do. You don't look at it as if it's your fucking child. Like, if no. it was your baby and you are acutely aware of the issues going on and the research that's slowly coming out that they're not fucking teaching anybody you wouldn't want to give your baby prophylactic antibiotics watch it carefully like yeah. if you're w- worried like there are signs when your baby is unwell but you know are women too fucking stupid to realize when their baby's lethargic and you know all this stuff like oh it's fucking i could literally gross. talk for days about how it everything everything can it all comes back to a complete disconnection from our intuition. Yeah. Everything. Mm-hmm. You know, that fear when you're pregnant that something's going to go wrong with your pregnancy. Mm-hmm. That's because of the the stories we hear. But allowing that fear to come in is just you not being in tune with your body. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. I, you know, you know when you're miscarrying. Yeah. You know, I remember a friend messaging me saying, oh, you know, my, my bloods have come back, my HCG is lowering, um, but something else was looking positive. Mm. And I just said to her, I said, ignore the tests, ignore the scans, mm-hmm. ignore the bloods, ignore everything else. What is your body telling yeah. you? Mm-hmm. And she said, my body's telling me it's over. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm really sorry, babe, but it's over. Yeah, it's you know? Yeah. If you just stop mm-hmm. for a second yeah. and listen. Mm-hmm. I feel like... If I started bleeding in, like, I think later on in pregnancy, I'd be more like, I always remember feeling nervous around that point. Before where 20 weeks, there's fuck all they can do. Yeah, like, before then, I'm like, you know, whatever. like, if it happens, it happens. But I was kind of like, fuck, it'd be so hard having a premature baby. And I always remember being nervous until around 34, 35 weeks. I'd be like, okay, like, cool. I remember when I was 34 weeks with Dusty, I was walking out of my bedroom mm-hmm. and I stopped to turn the aircon off. And I so I sort of just turned around and turned the aircon off. And I had this intense overwhelming completely out of nowhere I wasn't thinking about anything to do with my pregnancy and I just remember being really overwhelmed and I started crying because I knew that at that point he could come at any time and he'd be completely fine (laughs) yeah right it was it was like a subconscious you were it was just it was I was just completely overwhelmed yeah and I knew and I just relaxed instantly um because we'd we'd had a miscarriage before dusty yeah and I don't it just came out of nowhere yeah, it was really cool. That's really nice. I remember feeling um, with, like, this is different, but I remember with um, Sophie and with Roman. No, 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 it was Chloe and Roman, I think. I It was so weird. I was, I was working when I was pregnant with Chloe, and I was at work, and I pushed the door, and there was this weird feeling I had, and I almost, I didn't see it, but I felt like everything was pink around me. Like, and I just, whatever it was, it felt like all, I don't even know what the fuck, like, I'm not schizophrenic, but it was this weird no, sensation cool. of a pinkness or, like, just this feminine like, female vibe. And, like, as soon as I felt this weird, I was like, oh, I bet it's a girl. Yeah. And between, um, so when Roman was born, he was only a couple of weeks old, and one of my, like, childhood friends had passed away. 
when I was pregnant with Chloe, I don't even know why I'm telling, I didn't even expect to tell the story, but when I was pregnant with Chloe, the third baby, the next baby, I had the most vivid dream. You know when there's dreams, but then there's dreams and you're like, yes. that was, I was fucking talking to somebody on the other side. Yes. And in this dream, I was at my friend's house who had passed away and she hugged me and it was literally, I could feel her hands, like exactly how they felt when she was alive. And she was like, and I asked her like, what am I having? And she was like, it's a girl. And she was, her voice, everything. It was like, she was telling me it was a girl. And so then when we had Chloe, so this is the baby that the first free birth and I remember like when she was born I felt the cord and I was like oh it's a boy like you know yeah, yeah, but it was yeah. the cord I felt not her yeah. penis and then it was like a few minutes later I hopped in the bed and I, I remember thinking of like Rabini and I was like I swear to god she was right though and so I looked under the leg and it was a girl and I was like fuck I knew it like, I just knew it but it was freaky but what the way you said that feeling then it reminded me of yeah, it just, when I felt like just female energy, just like poof, like yeah. come in, and I felt like too, because I remember trying to research like, when does the soul of a baby come into the baby? Like, is it just like an empty vessel? Like, what are these questions we can never really know? You know, I reckon it's there before they are even conceived. I think it's yeah. when you decide that you want the baby. I always feel like because when I see psychics, they always fucking say to me, "Oh, you've got babies all around you. You could have as many as you want, or as yeah. we know." And I always feel like we've got souls around us and then like these are like little empty shoe boxes that we have and the soul gets one yeah and then if the shoe box fits. doesn't fit right or whatever yeah. then off you go and the soul goes back up and it waits for the next one and yeah. you know i just feel like it's well i have the right body for the the soul or whatever it's the same soul wanting river i'm talking about so we we'd always said three kids mm-hmm. always mm. both of us mm. we're mm-hmm. like three three is great yeah three is a good number yeah we always wanted three and dusty was almost two and we were on holidays yeah. and I just out of nowhere I just had this overwhelming feeling that we had to have another one yeah. and I swear it was her I swear yeah. it was her yeah. saying they call you man mom <laughs> I'm here it's fucking true yeah and there's so many stories of women who like say they communicate with their babies before they're born and shit they just yeah. know they're there and well she told me she was a girl and she told me she wanted her name to be River because we'd picked Elliot that's fucking right but she wanted River that's so cool yeah I love that yeah no and Despite River's birth, yeah, her, her pregnancy had it allowed me to be the most connected to her so nice. ever, and and I one hundred and ten percent attribute that to it mm-hmm. being completely mine. Yeah, it 100%. belonged to me and her, and that's it. Yeah. No one else. Yeah, there was no interference from anyone. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Yeah, when I was pregnant, so I had antenatal like fucking standard antenatal care with all three of them, and I had this thing of like, my first pregnancy was sabotaged and fucked on by the doctor. The next one, the midwife completely fucked me over. The third one, my antenatal care stressed me out. Like they were Oh, I remember you, how stressed you I were. Was just oh, like, no, sorry, fuck. that was with Emily. I remember how stressed you were. Yeah. And then, oh, so Thank nice. Thank you. <laughs> Chris. Um, so yeah, so, and then, so with, Chloe's, it was the antenatal care, it was annoying, it was that fucking midwife being just a little bitch to me the whole time, it was the stress, I was, I went over with her and I swear to God it was because the midwife stressed me out so bad on the, those final appointments, she was a 41 week a baby. I remember when you ditched them with Emily. Yes. so with yeah. Emily's I'm like, this is, I only want four babies, this could be my last pregnancy ever, I don't want to fucking deal with shit and mm. I got to 20 weeks and I was like, that's it, I know, like I knew from then on out, I was, I was not going to have any, I think, like yeah. everything that was coming. I mean, I was going to say, no, decline, 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 decline. 
And I remember like ringing you being like, okay, I'm going to ring the midwife. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, cheer me up, cheer me up. Like I was so scared. <laughs> and then I did it and like, thank God. And I think there is definitely like, I know there's a lot of like political stuff about white privilege and stuff, but there definitely is when it comes to this type of thing, because I'm white, I'm educated, I've worked in the system, I ring her and I say, hey, I don't, like, I've got another person looking after me, aka me, <laughs> and, um, like, I don't really, you know, um, and she was kind of like, do you want to come in and talk to us? And I was like, oh, I'd prefer not to. They never bothered me again, they never ring me again, nothing. I think if I was more, like, evasive and not, like, maybe of a lower socioeconomic, like, uneducated, like, or what they perceived to be uneducated, it might have been more hassling and shit, but they left me alone, they need the, you know, so... For that, I was like, thank fuck, they, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. But yeah, sorry, just the freeness. Yeah. So I only seen her a couple of times anyways, but just from that 20 weeks to the 40 weeks, I think she came at like 40 plus four or some shit. It was just like blissful. Yeah. I didn't have to worry about anything. It was just, I checked in with myself and I did do more medical, like I did piss on, like I did do urine tests every now and then. Like I think once I literally had a UTI and I felt so sick I could barely walk. And I was like, mom and dad, you need to come over and look after the kids. They're like, can you bring us before you feel like you can't walk anymore? And I was like, yeah. So different things like that. Movement was amazing because I just knew if the movement was, wasn't up, like yeah. up to scratch, I would go somewhere. I did blood pressure, all that, all that fucking shit that... but and it's funny the, the the slippery slope that you find yourself on not slippery mm. slope i would find i it was a great it's been I a great journey for me yeah yeah so tanner's birth fucked completely fucked uh-huh. and so cody's cody's was as good as it gets in a hospital yeah and i feel like one day i have to tell everyone how cody's birth went so that women know how to achieve that for themselves when they yes. when they if they if they choose if, they, if you're choosing to birth in a hospital and you want the most natural and physiological experience that mm-hmm. you can get i can tell you how to do that yeah but you've got to have fucking balls of steel yeah because uh-huh. everyone is gonna want to fight you yeah the, the fuck head pediatricians literally had my husband in a corner telling him that my child would die from measles because we don't vaccinate mm-hmm. like what so the fuck pretty sure they don't start till 12 months Think, but whatever yeah. can <laughs> you, know, like, you don't get mmr at birth anyways yes. if that was correct you fucking moron. so so and it was it was literally that component of Cody's birth yeah. that led me to home birth. Yeah, uh-huh. It was it was the it was just after her birth. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it was fighting with them about my placenta mm-hmm. being forty five minutes late and yeah. fighting with the pediatrician about not wanting vaccinations and so that led us to home birth. Then Dusty's birth was beautiful. Yeah. Magical. Yeah. Um, it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. We had a midwife. Um, she is possibly the most woman centered midwife in the system that I have ever heard of yeah um she had she came with nothing she came against the rules you know she was fantastic yeah um but still i had someone saying can i just listen to his heartbeat and i'm Mm -hmm. thinking no because i know he's fine Mm -hmm. but i'm gonna let you because you asked politely yeah uh you know so even having a beautifully woman-centered midwife there Mm -hmm. still didn't give me yeah. The, the responsibility I wanted for my birth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. After he was born, he came out and he was startled, as they often are, and I, I brought him up to my chest and I'm so excited. And I'm just like, I did it, I did it. Like, yeah. I'm fucking stoked. <laughs> yeah. And just... And just in the in behind me, she's just like just blowing his face so he can catch his breath. Yeah. Well, I know I don't need to do that, mm-hmm. but because she said do it, I did mm-hmm. it. Yeah. You know, and it, I know it sounds absolutely fucking ridiculous no, to any other woman. Yeah. These things are big fucking things. Yeah. yeah. And then and even when his water's ruptured, she said, "Oh, um, 
I obviously felt my water rupture. I didn't need the fucking commentary. <laughs> yeah. um, but she said, oh, they're meconium stained, but it's not It's not dark. Yeah. I'm like, I don't need to know that right yeah. now. Uh-huh. I'm about to start fucking birthing my child. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need that in my head yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so even the most beautiful midwife, yeah. if you want complete, mm-hmm. I don't know what the word is, like peace. Magicalness. Peace. Yeah, it's just peace. Yeah, you just birth your kid. There's nothing you just to want fucking, fucking peace. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So it's so lovely, and I always think that too. Like with the my two free births at home, it was mum, dad, and Chris, and it was the authority in the room is me. If you, something yeah. was up, they weren't yeah. looking at each other. They were yeah. like, oh, "Are you okay?" Like nothing came up because I, I birthed like the most boringest person ever. But it was just always, to me, what's going on, whatever. And, yeah, it was so nice to have that. Yeah. And I think, yeah, but once again, you need to be in tune. And then also, I think at the same time, you don't. Like, you know how people go, you need to know everything. You need to know how to, like, you know, these little smart motherfuckers. I just want to knock the fuck out. They're like, well, how do you know how to? And they ask you, like, some complicated question about, like, neonatal resource fucking blood gases and shit. And you're like, actually, you can be as informed as you want. But guess what? We've been having babies forever. We don't actually need to know this like I feel like I've gone on like I was so like looking at all the medical research data stats like I knew every little stat off the top of my head and then I've come full circle and then I read all and then after that I kind of read all like the natural like um midwifery amazing books like all these you know all the big players like had all their books the more spiritual side of it yeah Yeah. and then you come full circle and you're like you know you need to unlearn everything you've ever known you don't need to know much your body will protect you especially because a lot of these fears are implanted by learning a lot of this stuff yeah if i wasn't as knowledgeable um during river's birth she Mm. would have been born at home yes it was my knowledge that fucked me yeah if i here i am spouting how important it is to tune into our intuition and at the most crucial moment of my life i tuned it out yeah and if i hadn't she would have been I still can't talk about it. <laughs> I've been skirting around it so yeah. hard. Yeah. Fuck. It's true. Like, it's fucking... That's the thing. Like, I remember saying to you the other day, like... Yeah, we don't even talk about her birth stuff, but I just remember thinking, like, if we were a fucking bunch of scrub bitches and we were, like, hey, yeah. barely spoke English, right. I would be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Push, bitch. <laughs> push. I was recording, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah it, it, it is my knowledge that fucked me over. So... If you want to birth at home yeah. and you think you need to learn a whole bunch of mm. shit, you don't. There was. All you got to do is learn how to listen to your fucking yeah, body. Yeah, that's the main thing. And do it for... That's the thing. Like, there's a difference... Yeah. I got. There is a difference between... Yeah, you've, if you're in tune, you're good. Yeah. You know? That's it. That's all. I, and that's yeah. what I say to everyone. Everyone's like, oh... You know, what do you need to learn? What do you need to know to birth at home? You need to know how to surrender. Yeah. You need to know how to trust your body. Mm-hmm. You need to know that you can do it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's all you need to know. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Rhea Dempsey talks about the crisis of confidence in women a lot. Like, if, if you want to have a natural birth and whatever, like, Rhea Dempsey is fucking legit. And she talks about, like, that crisis of confidence. Like, where you, and I think, especially in free birthing and home birthing and stuff. If it happens, it'll rattle you more than most. Like, because I think if you're in in hospital and you think it's gonna save you or whatever, um, I don't even know where the fuck I'm going with this. Crisis of confidence. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> I think we all have crisis of confidence yeah. all the time. 
And yeah, uh, actually, uh, Chico follow. She's from Hawaii. She's really rad. Um, she's got two crazy girls. Um, her youngest is the same age. Uh, no, sorry, her oldest is the same age as Dusty. Oh, uh huh. Um, and she free birthed her second. Mm-hmm. Um, she's rad. I really, really, really enjoy her page. Yeah. Um, she shared a thing the other day, and basically, it just said, um, "Society hates women." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And you, you think yeah. about it, right? So, and, and I tried to write something back to her meme. Yeah. But I was like, everything I wrote just proves how badly society hates women. Yeah, right. Interesting. You know, like, yeah. everything we do, we, we put them on the pill from 15 years old. Mm-hmm. Because... Chemically castrating you. That's what yeah. it is. Holy fuck. This is... Yeah, I know. That's what made me think of it. Um, everything, everything we do to women is mm-hmm. to kill our confidence and our intuition. And yeah. and why? Because yeah. we have no fucking respect. It, it, women don't even respect women. No, yeah. A lot of the time, you know, those yeah. feelings of judgment and guilt and all that sort of stuff are, yeah. are around us because of other women. Yeah. We're our own fucking worst <laughs> yeah. enemies. It's so true, man. It's, yeah, it's fucked up. Yeah. Um, do you know, do you remember that Russian dude or whatever the fuck he was? And he like raped his daughters and like hid them in his basement and locked them up. Oh God, man, you weird, you read some weird shit. <laughs> you know, like one of these stories. Is that one of your like, crime books? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't even read crime books. Oh, don't you? Anyway. Sometimes I listen to podcasts and then I fucking shit myself. Oh, like, yeah. You know those crime podcasts? Oh, fuck. Yeah, no, no, I can't, I can't. Um, there was a guy, he's got a, he's like, he was in, it was in the news because they basically found him and he had had his few daughters down there and like, what the fuck the woman? the mother was doing living above the house not knowing anyways he bait or no it was his daughter like he so basically was raping his daughters had like this little dungeon and like they, they like never were in the light like how they even survived with no vitamin d i have no idea um and then like these daughters were getting pregnant obviously because they were just down there for 20 fucking years like you know that dun dungaree whatever the fuck i can't remember their name Duga? No, that's the fucking Dugas. <laughs> I don't fucking know. But I remember um, one of the daughters got pregnant with twins and birthed them and then, like, literally raised them in this cell. And um, I think it was mum or something telling me, like, it's like, how fucking, oh, my God. And in my head, I was like, she, she's probably the best prepared for it, though, because no, she nothing. doesn't know nothing. No. You would birth, whatever it is, you just do it. Like, you would just do it. You, you follow your body. You don't know how to push. You don't know nothing. You've never watched TV shows. You don't yeah. know nothing. I'm like, she's probably actually set up more than most. <laughs> like, birth. Like, yeah. You know, it, like, it was a horrific story. But I thought, well, she was cut off completely from society. Yeah. Had nobody to rely so on. So she, she had herself. no no stories in her head going, you need to be in hospital. Yeah. My baby would have died if I wasn't in hospital. Yeah. That's an emergency. Yeah. How the fucking dare you do that? Yeah. yeah, I thought, well, she would have obviously eventually known she didn't get her period. Belly would have gotten bigger. How many women have you encountered in the free birth and home birth world mm-hmm. who have had a genuine emergency that required hospital intervention? Like, nearly, like that, I don't, like, that hardly. actually required, like, genuinely required hospital intervention? Like, hardly. Like, hardly, ne- never. Like, I hardly... I would have been my only story, and I didn't even need it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, that's true. Even even my... The midwife that I had for Dusty, so I got in contact with her after River's birth yeah. to have a chat, and she even said to me, she's like, Sarah, it's completely unheard of. She's, yeah. never, she's She's been a private yeah. practice midwife in Australia and New Zealand for 40 years. Mm-hmm. She's never heard of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then when you, like, in in my rage after her birth, I was yeah. scouring the free birth world and 
um, a woman posted her her free birth story and she said after the baby was born, her husband said to her, because he didn't know, and he said, oh, mm. a bit of the cord came out before the baby did. Yeah. And she's like, oh, holy fuck, like yeah. she didn't even know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so how many times are we told that it's an emergency? Yeah. But it's not actually an emergency. Yeah. We've mm-hmm. just been told for so long that it's mm-hmm. a fucking emergency. Yeah. But we've never allowed it yeah. now to progress. Yeah. There's so many variants of emergency as well as there's so many variants of normal. And, like, with cord prolapse, like, Dr. Stu's been an obstetrician for fucking, like, 40 years. And I refer to him because he's got a podcast that's really good. It's called, like, I don't even know. (laughs) Bliss, uh, birthing, I don't know, birthing instincts with Dr. Stu, I think. Um, and he talks about he's never had a baby die in labor ever except a couple of years ago. He's, he's worked in the hospital forever. He's worked in home birth for like a decade now and it was an occult cord prolapse. So the cord had fallen out, but whatever it was, it hadn't, like it was compressed enough through the cervix or whatever that the baby had passed in labor and it was born. And it, like, so the thing was the cord didn't come out of the vagina, so he didn't know it had happened. And yeah. It was just this tragic thing that happened and the parents are already, they know birth is as safe as life. Like, that, you know, it's just one of those things, you know. But then, you know, you see photos, birth photos and stuff of more wilder pregnancies and births. Of the cord, like, I remember there was one a couple of years ago, the blue thick cord had come out and the baby's coming imminently. Like, yeah. it was only not too yeah. long after. The cord's blue the whole time. So it's like, I'm sure, like, when the baby comes out and it's all fucking tangled up in around itself, and it's getting compressed anyway. It's yeah. like, again, so... Because it comes out, you you think it's like oh no, like this people will be like oh my god you're such a dangerous bitch but like so my not necessarily my, so my argument is it's gonna kill them so, which it isn't like it didn't kill River no so I felt her corn mm-hmm. after my waters had ruptured mm-hmm. my waters always rupture immediately before I'm pushing yeah and I felt that change so that's what made me put my hand down because yeah, uh-huh. I was like oh maybe I can feel her head yeah and I felt her cord yeah. and I straight away stood up and I said to Chris I said is the cord blue yeah. and he's like fuck <laughs> he's like yes yes it's blue so I was like okay blue is good blue's good blue yeah. is oxygenated blood so it's blood. all it's as well clear and white that's no blood in there yeah so I was like okay cool she's fine mm. um but then I called a friend and not you because yeah. I know a lot of people will read my story and think I called you but I didn't call oh, you oh I had people saying were you at the birth yeah <laughs> Um, so I called a friend and I just said, oh, look, the cords come out before the baby. Mm-hmm. She didn't know where I was at. Yeah. Okay. She didn't know my waters had just ruptured. She didn't yeah. know I was, tr- I'd just been through transition. She didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. I yeah. did. I knew. Yeah. But she said straight away, call an ambulance. Yeah. So I was like, fuck. Yeah. So Chris called an ambulance. I'm totally calm. Mm. Totally fine. Yeah. I'm cool. I can feel her moving. I yeah. know her cord's blue. Yeah. So I hopped out and I put my bum in the air to help get her cord back inside. And it went straight back inside. Yeah. She's fine. Yeah. I'm fine. I'm happy. I'm chill. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend that was there for photo, like for the photographer that was there, she, afterwards she was like, I can't believe how calm you were. Yeah. And then in reflection, I was like, because I knew I was safe. Yeah. And I knew my baby was safe. Yeah. But I let the fucking fear yeah. in. Yeah. I listened mm-hmm. to someone 10,000 miles away yeah. that didn't know <clears throat> I was ready to push. Yeah. Didn't know that I was equipped to push hard and push fast. Yeah. I, and it just, I, at the, like I said before, the most critical moment of my life, I fucking tuned out. Yeah. But once again, it's always. So, don't, so learn from my mistakes. Always tune in. Always. <laughs> yes. Always. It's almost a parallel to when I said I wanted a physiological birth, but I didn't know. Yes. In the free birth world, I literally, like, when I heard what happened to you, I was like, I would have done. And Chris was like, well, what have you done if that happened? I'm like, the same thing. I would have rung an ambulance immediately. 
because that's just almost like I didn't read any more into prolapse. No, neither did I. But I even like, even is... afterwards, so after I'm I'm fucking I know everything about called prolapse. There mm. is to know now, <laughs> but even since even since then, there's not a lot to learn. Yeah, right. It all says unless you know birth mm. is imminent. Yeah. Go to the hospital. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, so then, but then, so then I'm caught in another whole problem because I've transferred from a free birth into yeah. a hospital setting mm-hmm. and these cunts are coming at me from every fucking direction. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to, like, I'm fully dilated. Mm-hmm. I, I'm in labor mm-hmm. and I'm trying to negotiate my way out of a C-section, oh. out of a general anesthetic, mm-hmm. out of fucking cannulas and fucking cunts everywhere. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, Fuck. so it, it, while my knowledge gave me power once I got to that position, yeah, it was it worked against me up until that point. Yeah, fuck, it's so fucked. It's so fucking shit. Welcome to the chaos that is my mind for the last seven months. Oh, man. <laughs> It'll probably torture you until you're on your deathbed and be like, fuck. Yeah, no, it, but really? it, but that is the point. That is what I wanted. That is what. Every woman needs yeah. to know whether you've birthed a baby yet or not. Mm-hmm. It, oh, fuck. If I could go back and birth Tanner at home yeah. and just erase all my yeah, shitty birth right. experience, I totally would. Yeah. But I can't. So all I can do is sit here and tell you <laughs> not to repeat my mistakes. <laughs> yup. Fuck. Yeah. That's so shit. It is. When, um, like, when my waters break, like, with the... Like, I'm imminent as fuck. And that's what Chris mm. said. Like, if the cord came out, I'm like, I don't even think I would have time to call an ambulance. Like, because if it was close, these babies of mine, I don't push really. They just, like, fly out of yeah, me. Yeah, see, I, mean? like, I do push. I I push on yeah. average for, like, 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, right. See, and, and that's what I... When I first wrote River's Birth Story, mm-hmm. I said... Like, because I never put my hands down there either. Yeah. Never, ever. Until their head comes out. Yeah. And then I'm like, yeah. oh, hey, baby. Mm-hmm. But before that, I never, ever put my hands yeah. down there. I'm yeah. nev- I've never been I interested. Don't think I've done that so either. at first, I thought I was called to feel her cord so that I could transfer. Yeah. But after I actually sat and felt my way through her birth, mm-hmm. I realized that I felt the cord so I knew to push really fucking hard. Yeah. And really fast. Yeah, true. Because. Yeah. I tend to take my time with that. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Too, yeah. I reckon. Yeah. Definitely. Fuck. Oh, fuck. <sighs> <laughs> so fucking annoying. Yeah. Oh, God. So, yeah. again, I also know what to what to demand and what to do yeah. if you transfer from a home birth or free birth situation. So, mm-hmm. in one episode, I'll go over all of yes, those. Yes, definitely. Because I have now had to think over it a bazillion times. Yeah. Oh. I really, I really nailed it in some things, and then I fucking yeah, forgot about definitely. other things. Oh man, that story you said about the husband that's seen the cord come out but didn't think anything of it. There's a story as well of oh, a woman. Ignorance is bliss sometimes. Yeah, it is. yeah. There's a story of a woman who was free birthing because she wasn't in her country. They didn't do breach it. No, no, it wasn't breach. What the fuck was it? Maybe a V back. Whatever reason she chose free birth because they weren't letting her do what she wanted to do in the hospital. And she was in the birth pool and she was pushing and it went for a while. And then it wasn't until like fucking three hours after her birth, the husband was like, oh yeah, the bum came out first. And she was like, what? Because <laughs> she didn't obviously feel herself. And by the time the baby came out, she held it and had no fucking clue for hours. Wow. And then she, and then I was like, oh my God. How <laughs> cool is that? I know. She had no idea. <laughs> legendary breach birth is one of the travesties i think one oh, of the yes. greatest travesties that's happened in the birth world it's just ignored so much too in the maternity yeah. setting because like, it's not that common it's really common it's so responsible and then it's not just the breach it's like when that first 
pregnancy happens and it's a Caesar because yes. of a breach. Yes. Then the other babies are a fucking Caesar. It's a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Oh, that Rita Rixa Freeze has got that PhD in um, breach birth and she has breach, breach beyond borders, I think. Yes, with yes, doctor, yeah. that doctor guy. Um, what the fuck's his name? And it's amazing. I've like emailed her, being like, "You should come and like." Yes, I remember you saying that. And come and train everyone. I'm bringing it up once. See, at a the meeting. problem is right, and and a lot of women would find themselves in this situation. Mm. So you go for your 20 week scan. Oh, baby's breech or whatever. Whenever they tell you, or uh-huh. they they're feeling for baby. I don't, fuck. I don't know when they tell you that it's breech. Yeah. So you're you're booked in for your C section, and you don't want a C section, right? And mm. you get to 40 weeks or 38 weeks, whatever they let you get to with a C section, mm-hmm. and bub's still breech, so you go in for your C section. Would you, as a woman, not you, but as most women Mm -hmm. who really don't want a C-section, you'd probably be better off having the C-section than birthing a breech baby in a hospital with with an obstetrician who's not trained Mm -hmm. in a breech birth. You know, because they just got to put their fucking hands all over everything. exactly. And if they don't know what they're doing, like, because most of the time with breech birth, it's hands off the breech. I remember someone saying to me when I was pregnant with River, oh, what if babies breech? I'm like, well, one, I probably wouldn't know. Oh, you're a a multi anyway, so you're fucking more than likely completely fine. Yeah. Um, One, I probably wouldn't know because I'm not feeling for her position or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, Two... I would be safer at home. Yeah. Yeah, you are. Like, statistically, yeah, you are. Yeah, I'm not going to a hospital. Yeah. It would only solidify my commitment to yeah, pre-birthing. exactly. Having a breech baby. Yeah. Dr. Stu, once again, he delivers breaches and he always has his whole career. And that's a main reason why I left the hospital system. He's like, I cannot watch these women have C-sections for simple breaches, frank breaches, yeah, yeah. easy as fuck breaches kind of thing. He, there's obviously like nuance, like if it's a foot lean, all different fucking things like this. But especially when he talks about Maltese, he's like, it's fucking, like, the most boring verse. Mm. It's very rare that there's, like, there's some manoeuvres you need to do. Like, you do need to be hands-on sometimes if something's not going to plan. But at the but end of the day... But a manoeuvre isn't pulling the baby out. No, it's more know? just, like, flipping the shoulder here yeah, or pushing it putting here your and then finger leaving here. it alone again. Putting mm-hmm. your finger here while she pushes. Yeah, or exactly. pulling Bob's chin down while she pushes. Yeah, or, yeah. exactly. And he delivers women who have never had, like, null... No, the Paris, yeah. Women with breaches as well. And they transfer that? a bit more, but like, you know, fuck. Have at least you they got that, a chance. Um, free birth of the woman in Hawaii. Yes! The um, breach baba. And it was a while. It was a footling, wasn't it? Yeah, a yeah. footling. And it was it was confronting to watch. Yeah. I remember it watching went for it. for quite a while. It did. And yeah. b- when Bob came out too, I was like, you are a fucking <laughs> rock star. Yeah. Because she was just so fucking calm mm-hmm. and with it the whole time. And yeah. she had absolute faith yes. and trust in her body. This is what happens when you do... Like, this is very, like, assum- like assu- assuming a lot. But, like, what happens when you don't have artificial chemicals and yes. you're not induced? You are birthing when you're meant to birth. The hormones are at its peak. Yeah. So, you, it's almost like it dulls you into a sense of you're just so tuned in kind of thing. Whereas if yeah. it's in hospital, you're on a drip. Okay, you've got a foot limb breach, but you want to birth it here, bitch. So, we're going to yeah, try, yeah. you know, everything's, you're not in. The hormones where you're doing what be. they need to be doing. Yeah, like, it assists you with everything. Yeah, that was one of the coolest births I've watched, I reckon. Fuck, Kelly, what have we been doing this for? Yeah, I know. We were talking Holy about it. Holy fuck. Alrighty then. Catch your cunts. Catch your cunts. <laughs>